Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... Don't do anything looking for a response. Do it in response to what I've already received from the Lord. It's different that way. If you do stuff looking for a response from people, you're going to be disappointed, you're going to be bitter. If you do good in response to what's already been done for you, you'll always be okay. I don't need a response. I don't need a thank you. I don't need a, I'm doing this. God, you bestowed it upon me. I'm, a, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord. And you'll just be freely loving on folks. May God help us to be like this. How do you respond when someone does something good for you? Do you try to pay it back? You may try to pay it forward. What do you expect from others when you do something good for them? It's normal to want some recognition. But today, Pastor Bill says to be careful not to expect something in return. If you only help others for the favor they will owe you, then your heart is in the wrong place. What if God only offered His salvation to those who could return the favor? Like Jesus, offer your blessings freely. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of Colossians chapter 3 as he continues his message, Old Man versus New Man. Look at what he said in verse 12. He says, put on, because we already put off all the other stuff, put on tender mercies. I guess this is important before we jump into the stuff we're going to put on. If you just start putting this stuff on top of a jacked up life, I just want you to be clear that that's not the program. God isn't saying bring your raggedy, rickety, sinful, carnal life and then put this on top of it. So we put off filthy language. We put off sexual sin. We put off lying. We put off, go back and reread it. If you didn't put that off and you just add these things to an unsurrendered life, that's not what God is calling us to do. You got to put off the old things and then put on the new things. At my house months ago, I, I receded my front yard. So it was just dirt. For a, big, for a few years, my whole front yard was just dirt. So we seeded it. You know, I had somebody come. We tilled in new dirt and put seed and manure and, and all the grass grew and it looks awesome. We know that, that part of the grass by the curb, I didn't do it because I didn't know how it was going to work out on the big grass. So I waited. So now I got pretty grass up here. And then on the street side, I got dirt. And so I'm like, okay, I, I finally, this last week, we got it, you know, dug out. But, but we couldn't just throw manure and seed on that dirt. It had concrete rock in it. It had all kind of stuff that it collected. So you had to get all that junk out and then till in good dirt and then put down seed and manure and all the other stuff. And I still don't know how it's going to do. So, you know, I might look back at this message and say, you shouldn't have said nothing, but we'll see. Um, but I at least gave it a better chance. I gave it, I gave it a, I gave it an environment it could grow in. And that's what you need to be aware of as believers. That we got to put off the old and then we put on the new. And so now we're putting on tender mercies. Um, then it says uh, kindness, humility. But let's, let's, I want to go through each of these things with you guys. Tender mercy speaks of just a, a heart of compassion. When it says put on tender mercies, this is a, a compassionate heart, right? Why does God tell us? Because God had compassion on you. I want you to note that everything God tells you to put on, he had to put on in order to receive you, right? God was tender and merciful towards you. He put on tender mercies towards you. He was compassionate with you. Compassion is the idea of, you know, I feel sorry for you. You know, I see what you're going through and I'm willing to do something to help. It's not just a feeling, it's action involved. And God says, put on tender mercies. And so if maybe in your life before Christ, you were the kind of person that would just, I stay in my own lane. I don't bother other people. I don't get involved. I can see something going wrong. I'm not helping. I'm not doing nothing. God says, hey, as a believer, 
I want you to put on tender mercies. I want you to, I want you to have more of a tender, merciful heart. Can I tell you somebody God did that through in the scriptures? He did that through Peter. Right? Peter was to me like, I, that's Peter, one of my favorite disciples, because I can relate to Peter. Peter always has something to say. Oftentimes it wasn't the right thing to say. Um, I think Peter had a little bit of a temper. Um, I think Peter saw himself as more gangster than all the other disciples. When everybody else, Jesus said, look, you guys are going to betray me. What did Peter say? He's like, Lord, look, I don't know about all these other punk disciples you got, but me, I'm going to die with you. I'm going to jail. And Peter said, Lord, I'll ride, die, go to jail. I'm not like John. He all, he all hugged up on you, laying on your bosom. I ain't like him. Um, he's like, I'm, 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 I'm rolling. They come, I'm coming. And I think he meant it because when they came to get Jesus, who stepped up? Peter with a sword. You know, that's my guy, man. You see, he wasn't just wolfing. He stepped up with a sword and chopped the dude's ear off. I think he was going for the neck, but he missed, you know. The Lord had to fix it up for him. But that was Peter. As you follow through the messages, right, you get to like later on. Peter has his issue. He denies the Lord. He gets restored in, in the end of John. We see Peter go off and acts with the gospel. But then later on, when Peter's an older man and he's writing his epistles, he sounds different, right? Peter starts using words like precious. Go read the letters of the epistles from Peter, first and second Peter. And he's he speaks tenderly. It's a different guy. I'm like, what where's my gangster disciple? You know, this? he's a different guy. He's, he's matured and he's grown in this thing. And so God says, Look, I want you to put on tender mercies. Some people think, you know, God, this is how I am. It doesn't matter how you've always been. When you come to Christ, all subject to change. Amen. So maybe you were a hard person. Maybe you were a tough guy or a tough girl or whatever. But now you come to Jesus, you got to soften some of that up. Where's the tender mercy? Where's the concern for other people? God says, put that on. And here's the idea. When God says put it on, it means when you see it and you realize you lack it, now put that on. So as, you, as we go through this list and you hear something, you say, God, I'm not like that. You write it down and, and then you say, God, help me to be more like that. I'm going to choose to do this. Help me to do it. Help me to be what I'm reading. We don't want to just read this. Amen. We want to read it and we want to become what we're reading. Put on tender mercies. Next, he says kindness. The idea of kindness, this speaks to the unselfish spirit of doing for others. It's an attitude of affection or goodwill. Just, just willing to do good for other people. Maybe this wasn't you as a non-believer, but as a believer, you want to look for opportunities just to be a blessing to people. Not for anything in return. Not so everybody will see um, not for favor with God, just to be a blessing to people. This should characterize the new man. Just a good person, kindness. Put on tender mercies, put on kindness. Are you a kind person? If we interview people at your job and they say, hey, what's, what's she like? How, what's, what's he like at work? Would they say, oh, man, this person's thoughtful. They're kind. If somebody's hungry at lunch and they don't have it, they're going to feed them. What kind of a person, what's your character? I don't say that to expose you. I say that to make you realize what would people say about you? What's your character? Which, how do you behave in general? Because you can change that, right? We can hear the message today. Y'all hear this. You can leave church today and be everything that we're reading tomorrow. Y'all know that? With God's help and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can apply what we're learning and we can become what God is calling us to be. And so put on tender mercies, put on kindness. Next it says humility. Humility, this means lowliness, the willingness to be humbled and to esteem others better than yourself. Humility, just coming under other people. Now, what's the opposite of humility? Pride. So if you're prideful in general, right, God is saying, hey, I want you to walk in humility. Put on humility, right? 
Who do we know to put on humility? Everything we're reading here, we can see Jesus did it. I don't think anybody gives a better example of everything we're reading than Jesus. Jesus put on, who was all that, but he humbled himself? Jesus. He was God Almighty, left heaven, came to earth. And I look at some of the conversations he had with people on earth and how they spoke to him. And I just think, because I'm prideful. And I'm like, if I was Jesus, and they would have came at me like that, talking about the guys that were the Pharisees, something like, you guys are eating in the field, it's the, it's the Sabbath day. And I mean, this is God himself. He made the rule. I would have flexed. I would have smoked some Pharisees, y'all. I would have, it wouldn't have been good, you know. I would have just, I would y'all line up, man. I would have just, I would have did something to show them. But Jesus would entertain the question humbly, you know, explain to them as much as he could and go on about it. He says, put on humility. Next, it says meekness. Meekness is not weakness, but rather meekness is strength uh, to deny oneself and to walk in grace. I've heard meekness explained this way as power under control. So meekness is not being weak. Meekness is I got my powers. It's under control. When Jesus told them that, you know, he could call down legions of angels and, and deal with these people, but that's not what he came to do. That was meekness. It's, like, it's not that I couldn't. It's that I'm on a mission and I'm humbling myself and I'm walking in meekness. My power is under control. And so there will be times like that where maybe you could do something, but because you're walking in meekness, you wouldn't do it. You know, I could respond in this way. I could show them this or that, but you don't. Some of y'all know this. Some of y'all came. Some of y'all used to be wild and crazy back in the day. And it's hard sometimes when you used to be that. And now you're trying to walk with the Lord and somebody tests you. And that little voice inside says, let me show them a little bit of the old me. Right. That voice inside. If I, if I just I'm going to let the old me out for 10 seconds just to just so that they know. And God is like, no, walk in meekness. <laughs> I know some of y'all are out there and the old man is like, let me out of my cage. Let me let me punch him, kick him, cuss him, whatever. Don't do it. That's when you walk in meekness and you just leave it. Leave the old man. Leave that guy hung up on the cross. Don't let him peel himself off the cross and flex for the day. Leave him there crucified. Walk in meekness. It's not weakness. Not because you couldn't. You know in your heart of hearts if, if you had to, you could, but you're not going to because God is in control and you're on another mission. That's meekness. Amen? And so he says, put on meekness. Next he says, long-suffering. This speaks to patience under provocation and a long endurance of offense. So it's, it's not just suffering, but it's long-suffering. This is dealing with some, somebody or dealing with a situation over a prolonged period of time. It's prolonged provocation uh, but you endure under it. It combines joy and a kind attitude towards other while uh, persevering and suffering. So it's long suffering. So maybe some of you here, maybe you'd be in a situation where there's some ongoing thing, right? It could be a marriage that's really not doing well. It could be a child or a family member. It could be a situation at work. It could be a neighbor. It could be something where it's just, man, it's, it's been going on for a long time and God says, put on long suffering. Right. Remember this. Every one of us here should remember this. How long did God suffer with you before you finally got it? Before you finally said, yes, Lord, before you finally identified him as savior, how long did he suffer? And what if he had quit a week too soon? Amen. And so the God that was long suffering with you, I know God was long suffering with me. And God said, now, Bill, I want you to be long suffering. Put on long suffering. When I put you in situations, when I put you around people, when I put you in, in scenarios that they kind of they, they're, they're difficult, don't get out of them. I want you to I want you to develop this character that I have. I want you to be long suffering. 
Sometimes people try to get out of those situations. You know, if, if you do that, God will recreate it wherever you go. I'm going to quit my job to get out. I got somebody else at the new job, right? I'm going to move away. You're going to have this will be a new neighbor in a new location. So you're not going to get away from this. Go on and let God create in you this character, long suffering. Again, Jesus did it for us, and he calls upon us to live this way as well. Then it says this, verse 13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Two different things. Bearing with one another, this describes the patience that we should have with the failings and weird ways of other people, right? Long-suffering. I'm just willing, I'm I'm sorry, not long-suffering, bearing with. As believers, we're going to bear with difficult people. How many guys have met some weird Christians? Some difficult saints. Yeah, God, all God's kids ain't like you, right? God got some kids and you're like, that's, that's, that's what God, that's yours? Man, God said, bear with them. Bear with them. You bear with one another in love. And so God bears with you. You weird to somebody too, right? So as, as, as normal as you think you are, you weird to somebody. And so God said, look, as believers, we need to, be, we need to bear with one another. We can't be fighting all the time. We should be bearing with one another. And then he says, Forgiving one another, he tells us how, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. This is a big one. It seems very frequent that I meet believers that'll say, I'm struggling to forgive another person. And I'm like, pull my hair out, that's why I'm bald, because I'm like, you, it's not an option. You gotta just forgive people. It's bad, it's bad for you if you don't forgive people. And all throughout scripture, God has said, look, if you've been forgiven, you must forgive. You gotta let people off the hook. You got to release them from whatever you're holding them against because, look, God did that for you. So God says, look, you got to forgive others, forgiving one another. He says, if anyone has a complaint against another. So somebody did something to me. I have a complaint against them. It's legitimate. God says, now forgive them. Let it go. No, but they but they forgive them. Let them off the hook. But they didn't even say sorry. Forgive them. Right. When did Christ die for you? Was it after you asked for forgiveness? Romans 5a, God demonstrates his love in that while you were what? Yet sinners. While you were still doing it, you were still rolling it up. You were still pouring it out. You were still going to the place. While you were yet sinners, Christ died. Now he tells you now when someone does something against you and you got to complain, it's legitimate. They were wrong. God says, forgive them. Can I tell you guys, if you can get in the practice of doing that, it's good for you, right? You're become, you'll be becoming more like Jesus. And here's the amazing thing when you forgive people. How many of you guys recognize the, the negative energy it takes to walk in unforgiveness? How many of you guys have done it before? You're bitter, you're mad, you held on to it, and, and it actually hurt you. It messed you up. The Spirit of God was not flowing in that mess that you had going on. You'll find this when you forgive people, that God will even change your heart towards them. I've forgiven people, and God gives me a different outlook. God will have me looking at them rather than being mad. It's like, man, I pity them. I feel bad for them. I understand that they have a weakness there. That's, what, that's why they do what they do. And forgiving them, it releases me. I'm not hindered. I, I'm free to love them. I'm free to be gracious to them. I'm free to speak well of them. It doesn't clog me up with bitterness. It doesn't hinder the flow of God's spirit through my life that I need so desperately everywhere else. I've forgiven them. I've released them. You'll go free. Free to love them. You might even get to help them. But if you can't help them, you forgive them. That's what God called us to do. And he tells us, look, even as God and Christ forgave you, so often in Scripture when God tells us to do something, he'll qualify it like how to do it. God says, husbands, love your wife. But he says, how? Husbands, how do we got to love our wives? Like Christ loved the church and gave himself. That's a big deal. If he had just said, husband, love your wives, 
husbands that do dumb things like this. I gave you flowers. I told you I loved you. You know, I, I said hi when I came to the door. God said, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm going to clarify this. Lover like Christ loved the church and gave. Christ loved the church no matter what. Christ loved the church and the church didn't love Christ back. Christ loved the church, period. And he loved the church so much he gave everything, his own life. So God's husband, love your wife like that. That's a much bigger deal. And it's very clear. God says, look, I want you to forgive. I'm going to tell you how. Even as God and Christ forgave you. I want you to forgive like that. So a few things about how God forgave us. Number one, he forgave you without cause. God put in plan to forgive you before you even asked for it. Christ died for you when you were still a sinner. He forgave us freely, right? God didn't make you earn his forgiveness. God didn't say, well, I'll forgive you if. Forgave you freely. It was, it was available for the asking. It was freely forgiven. So we should forgive this the same way. Uh, when God forgives, does he forget? Does he let it go? As far as the what? The east is from the west. He doesn't bring it back up. So when you forgive, next week, should you bring it back up? I'm talking to the marriages right now. If you forgive your spouse, and then they do it again in a month. You should be like, see, you always, ah, I thought you forgave. This is fresh. This is a new situation. Why you bringing up the old stuff? We, we on New Street. You going back up. Don't do that. Don't bring that old situation into your new marriage, right? When you forgive somebody, you got to let that go, right? Today is its own situation. Detached from yesterday, if you forgave. But if you bring up last week, you didn't forgive. Not like God forgives. How many of you guys have sinned a sin? that you've sinned before. Every hand goes up. Every hand goes up, right? What if God would say, I forgave you for that last week, and now you did it again? You would be buried in that, because some of y'all did the same thing over and over and over, multiple times in the same day. You sick of it. You don't even want to say it. Forgive me, but you got to do it again. What if God was like, "That's <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to run the tab on how many times you've done that. You've exceeded your limit on that particular sin. I won't forgive you. God doesn't do you like that. So we got to forgive like Christ forgave without limit, right? He forgave, he forgot, he put it away. God says, I want you to forgive in the same way that I have forgiven you. And again, this isn't just for the people that you're forgiven. I promise you, this is also for your benefit. Um, there's something of Christ being formed in you. When you forgive, you're being like Jesus, who is the greatest forgiver of all. Amen. And when you walk in unforgiveness, you are not being like Jesus. Because he's forgiving. And so we got to be careful about that. So here's the thing. If you're here and there's a situation, a person on your mind right now that you know you got to forgive, I want you to write them down. And I want you to commit that when you leave service today, that'll be high priority on your list. You would deal with that. Don't hear this message and walk away and say, oh, yeah, I got to encourage again. I should forgive. But, you know, I ain't doing that. Do it. Do it. Do it for the glory of God. Do it because God forgave you. Do it because Christ wants to form more of him in you. And this may be the thing that's hindering you from being all that he wants you to be. Right. Do it so that you can become everything Christ died on the cross, rose from the grave that you would be. Don't hinder him with your unforgiveness. Let it go. Forgive them. Release them. And remember this, just like Jesus did for you. Don't forget your list of junk that God washed away. And whatever sin's been done against you, I promise you it doesn't amount to all that you've done against him over your lifetime. So let it go. Forgive them. Release them. All right. Moving on now. Verse 14. He says, but above all. So now we step it up above all, all these things put on love, which is the bond of perfection above all these things. Something that should really characterize the new life is that we should be walking in love. 
Paul said in, in 1 Corinthians regarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you speak with the tongues of men and angels, if you've got prophets, you've got all these different gifts, but you have not love, what did he say? It's nothing. Now, the love's got to be the centerpiece of everything that we do as believers. Again, that's what Christ was. Christ didn't just love. He is love. And so God said, look, this should characterize you. He says, put on love. So again, if you listen to this and you say, I'm not generally a loving person. Maybe you grew up harsh. Maybe you're like, oh, my family weren't like that. My dad didn't hug. My mom never said I love you. None of that matters. You're in a new family now. You know that? You got a new dad now. Did you know that? You got a new situation now. You got the spirit of God that lives in you. You have the ability to be what you never had to somebody else. Maybe you've never experienced that, but you can be it. And somebody can experience it through you. And so God said, look, I want you to put on love. Put on love. Put, put that on. Become the kind of person. And it's the quickest way to learn love is just spend time with Jesus. Look at how we treated people in the Gospels. Look at what he speaks about to you. Look at how he does things. Look at how he speaks. Look at how he handles situations. Look at, look at everything that Jesus is. And God say, God, help me to be that. And the parts of me that are not like you, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for that. Help me. I want to be, I want to walk in love. And he says, put on love. We should be a loving people. People should come into, imagine if everybody here, everybody here born again, and we were just full of everything the Bible says we should be full of. And sinners came through these doors and they were met with people that were loving like Jesus loved. What kind of an impact do you think that would have? Blow people's minds. Because God loves different than people love. Y'all know that? God loves without being loved back. God loves people that don't love him. As you read through the gospel, I'm blown away at some of the people that he helped. Y'all know some of the healings were for people that weren't even, they, didn't, they weren't coming to get saved first. It wasn't like they got saved and Jesus was like, well, now since you believe in me, I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to heal you. Some people just like, hey, heal me because you can do that. I heard, I heard you do the healing stuff. Them 10 lepers, when they saw Jesus walking, Lord, master, have mercy on us. He healed all 10. How many came back and glorified God? He knew that. He knew they were going to do that. Now, see, I'd be a messed up Jesus. I would have said, Lord, Jesus, have mercy. I'm, I'm going to heal you because you're the only one that's going to come back and say, thank you. Everybody else going with your leprosy. They would have just went on continuing like this. And I would have just healed the one guy. Jesus healed all 10, but only one guy came back to give glory to God. And he healed him anyway. That's amazing. To me, that's God saying, build love like that. Right. Just do good for those that don't even respect you afterwards. They're not even going to be grateful for it afterwards. They won't even come back and say thank you afterwards. Don't do it for that. Just do it for me. Just walk in love. I'm an example. Jesus is my example in that. Don't do anything looking for a response. Do it in response to what I've already received from the Lord. It's different that way. If you do stuff looking for a response from people, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be bitter. If you do good in response to what's already been done for you, you'll always be okay. I don't need a response. I don't need a thank you. I don't need a, I'm doing this. God, you bestowed it upon me. I'm, a, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord. And you'll just be freely loving on folks. May God help us to be like this. Put on love, he says. Now, he says, which is the bond of perfection. Verse 15, he says, and let us, sorry, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which also you were called in one body and be thankful. So here he says, we're to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. And so the idea here of the peace ruling in our hearts is let God's peace be like an umpire in your heart. The peace of God. This is something that as believers, it should even help us in making decisions. Is there peace 
from the Lord on that decision. Let peace rule as an umpire. There may be decisions you're thinking about making and you're like, man, I just don't have, as I'm praying about this, I just don't have peace about it. You've just heard a transforming word brought to you by Pastor Bill Buffington. Do you wish sometimes that it wasn't so hard to do what needed to be done, especially with a good attitude? I sure do. The Apostle Paul was a great example of this. As we see in this verse, he included in his letter to the church in Colossae. Listen to Colossians 3.17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. So often we forget it's Jesus who has given us a redeemed life, a life that's been forgiven of our sins. If we believe this to be true, then everything we do should be like sending a thank you card to Jesus. We may not always do a great job, but it's a good reminder. Friends, what we say and what we do matters. Not only that, but how it's done is important. Do you like the message that you just heard? Great. We're so glad. You'll find more solid teachings like this one from Pastor Bill Buffington at calvaryinglewood.org. Will you prayerfully consider spreading the good news with us? If so, locate the Give tab on our site. Don't forget, that's calvaryinglewood.org. This ministry is a product of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. We're located in Inglewood, California. So if you have extra time and are close, we would be overjoyed for you to attend one of our services, Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Or if there's a scheduling conflict, come Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We hope that we've ministered to your heart and you feel a little more loved. We look forward to our next time together on A Transforming Word.